This is Daniel Figella, and you're listening to the AI and Business Podcast, where non-technical professionals stay ahead of the AI curve. If you're not interested in learning to write Python, but you do want to find high ROI AI opportunities and help to steer a successful AI strategy, then you found yourself in the right place. That's exactly what we do here on the show. And today we're talking about a topic that could be thrown under the category of buzzword, but will soon be much more. When you think buzzwords today, probably you think blockchain or Ethereum or deep learning or something along those lines. But today we're actually talking about 5G. And our guest this week is Marissa Viveros. She is the VP of strategy for IBM Global Telecommunications. And in this episode, she unpacks two topics that should be of interest to all of our listeners, regardless of what industry you're in. Number one, what do business leaders need to understand about 5G? What does it mean in simple terms? And what does it actually allow for in terms of new capabilities on the telecommunications grid? So what is 5G in simple business terms going to affect every industry worth understanding? Number two, combining 5G with AI, what new kinds of capabilities might be possible? What will telco companies be able to learn about their users? How will telco companies be able to better route and serve their users, the kind of content that they're likely to digest? And what else might open up at that intersection of 5G and AI? It'd be hard to find a better guest for this particular topic than Marissa. So without further ado, let's fly right in. This is Marissa Viveros with IBM here on the AI and Business Podcast. So Marissa, I'm glad to have you with us, and we're talking today about the very new idea of 5G plus AI. And before we dive into that, and I'm excited to talk about the combination, I want to kind of explain and break down 5G for our listeners, because we mostly talk about AI here. When you explain 5G as a paradigm shift, a technology to business folks, how do you like to explain it to people? Well, first of all, Daniel, thanks for having me here, and a pleasure for me to be with you. Glad and I, I really enjoyed your podcast, so I, I hope every listener is, is enjoyed as much as I do. So let's start with you know 5G. So 5G is the next generation mobile or wireless technology. What it happens in the telecom industry every ten, ten years, we have a different generation of technology, and all of that is to address you know more capabilities more bandwidth, so more capacity for people to make calls, see videos, to download, so all of that. And, but also areas that every technology is trying to be more power efficient. So use you know, less, less electricity, whether it is the device or the, infra, or the network infrastructure. Every generation is trying to accomplish more than what they want, they did before. There is a huge investment that the telcos make every time. There are billions of dollars spent in spectrum in sort of how that they're going to use the airwaves in technology, trying to really implement those infrastructure. And then, you know, the device manufacturer will produce all of the beautiful cell phones that we have and, you know, many other devices. What 5G brings, unlike 4G, which is what we are using today, it brings higher bandwidth, so more capacity for us to work and to use communication. It also provides lower latency, so less time waiting for calls, waiting for for transactions to be made. At the same time, 
it, it will accomplish the connectivity of many more devices. So it will be beyond people-to-people -people communication, but it will be also about device-to-device -device communication. So think about sensors in the field, you know, in the oil field and the refineries, how those sensors are, con how sensors are getting the weather information, how that brings into the network in order for users to have more intelligent applications. And the last characteristic that I will say about 5G is that allow us to have something that in the press, probably in the many of the articles, colleagues talk about 5G slicing. So what does that mean? So now, now the network will not longer be just a pipe, but it will be a series of slices that the users or the or the enterprises can buy and sort of have a private network for themselves without the interference of other devices in their in their communication. So that's it, Daniel. You know, those are kind of the four major characteristics of 5G. Got it. Well, great summary. I can tell you've explained it many times, and I think our, our listeners needed that. I certainly didn't want to have to poke through 100 articles, so happy to hear it from the source. And just to clarify a little bit, what I've heard a lot about is this device-to-device. -device. So more things will be connected. So 5G will kind of be a lighting up of the device ecosystem. Could be vehicles, could be a microwave, could be you know our cell phones, could be new sensors out in the field, whether it's on a, a big boat somewhere, on an engine, or, or in an oil refinery, whatever the case may be things coming alive and communicating with things as well as with, with people. Why is that the case? I mean, is, is it simply because the communication is so fast and, and it's so energy efficient that it now makes financial sense for us to be able to communicate with more things? Or what is it about 5G that makes things wake up? Yeah, it's, it's 5G, right? You know, we think about every, every one of our devices have an IP address. And with that, we identify the device. And with that, we can, we can issue, issue the communication between two people and two devices. What 5G permits and allows is to have you know, millions of devices to be connected. And, and that is the capacity now that allows us to have exactly the examples that you mentioned, to realize you know, dreams that we had for a long time of smarter cities. You know, devices, really, you know, the light in, in the street, taking you know, consideration of the incoming cars, you know, in, you know, lighting up only when you need it. In the medical area, given that devices now are more connected, it allows us to have, and because of the, the low bandwidth and the high capacity, allow us to in, imagine that eventually doctors can do remote surgery. Today, we do remote monitoring of the patient at best. In the future, we could also do remote surgery, for instance, or, or other types of, uh, of medical interventions. So I think it opens up the fact that we can connect many more devices in this network, open up to the whole set of applications now that we have not seen before, or we have seen it, but in a very rudimentary uh, manner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just hearing the description here, it starts to start the fireworks of where AI could fit in, because if we're talking about that many more devices, we're talking about that much more data. And if we're talking about that much more data and interconnectivity, maybe we can predict new things. Maybe we can understand new things. Maybe we can find patterns that are meaningful for the business in this way or that way, you know, saving money, making money, whatever it is. Opportunities are endless here. You know, when, when you talk to people about you know, where 5G and AI can connect, you, know, you and I in a moment are going to talk about kind of the future vision. Clearly, you folks at IBM care about this. I think a lot of people do because the possibilities are going to be big. It's going to open up so many new possibilities. So we're going to talk about the possibility space and some of those visions we're moving towards. But if we look at today, where this 5G is starting to kind of turn on and where it's starting to interface with AI, 
all I have is ideas. Maybe you've got some good examples for us, but I'd love to hear a couple. I can start with where we're using it today. Cool. And then we move on to the future. So what our clients are trying to accomplish, so telecommunication companies, what they are trying to accomplish in their business is, number one, have a superior customer engagement. So that understanding what the user needs, what the user wants. Once you call a call center or you need something in a chatbot, that needs to be done in an automated way. So customer engagement becomes you know, crucial to telecommunication companies as they try to be more valuable to their customers. And, and I will come back, come back with some sure, other sure. examples yeah. on that. The second domain is the core product is the network whether it is for an enterprise or for the consumer, their core product is the network, and that's what they need to provide in a high, reliable manner everywhere. So AI, again, becomes significant on how you design the network. So you get all of the inputs from the different locations, all of the users, the demographics, where should I install my, my radios or my antennas? You know, All of that is all based on AI, and it's getting better and better. But one area where in the network where we have used AI for a few years already is in the network operation. So listening to all of the devices that are going on, getting so many of the inputs of what's going on in the field, in the data centers, and being able to provide the better quality of the network. Reroute calls if needed, reroute traffic if needed, because now you have more information or because the systems come with information, now they can allow to have that rerouting. So that rerouting, that planning, that has been ongoing on for quite some time within the telecommunication company. And the last area that I will mention is about improving their enterprise operations. And that is valid for a telco or for a retail company or a healthcare company. How do you make your employees more effective? with more information. Again, AI becomes significant with all of the chatbots that we have now and the conversational agent where we can ask for information without having to call a call center. So all of that is automated, it's using AI, using conversational, natural language processing, all of those elements are part. Other areas where very much, I bet overly some of you are guests before talk about it, human resources. Hmm. Now we are doing you know, screening of the candidates, matching up with some of the, the jobs available in the company. All of that is all done via analytics. We can, we can screen a, a, a candidate you know, through the LinkedIn pages and whatnot and see will they really fit yep. within the culture and within what we need from a point of view of skills. Yep. So human resources have changed tremendously. And I'll give you a specific personal example. Sure, sure. Once, you know, every year or every six months, I have to write feedback to my employees. And usually I do that in a written format. And so I go to the website and I look at everything they have done and I provide my feedback. And then I can press a button and analyze my tone. Was my tone too superior? Was it too cordial? Am I being protected to my yeah, employees? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So it does, you know, analyzing the tone of the conversation or the tone of how you write, it could help you tremendously in any type of situation with your employees, with your, with your boss, with your customers, with anybody, you know, throughout yeah, the company. Yeah. Yes. And so, it, so, I mean, I love that capability because it's such a small, you know, tool in, in the website, yet it's so powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finding that we, we talk about kind of finding the juncture where AI can add value. But what I, I want to try to do is, is knuckle down on 
on 5G. I think we've gotten into a good panoply of use cases here. When I think about the HR example in particular, or even this tone and kind of what we could call tone, sentiment, whatever we want to say, analysis. analysis. Sure, yeah. yeah. Those maybe exist you know, outside the 5G world, but they're, but they're increasingly making their way into enterprises more broadly. Certainly, you spend a lot of time you know, focusing on the telco and media space. These telco and media firms are starting to probably adopt some of those communications and HR tools, just like other firms are. When we think specifically around 5G, you had mentioned something around customer experience, and then there was also just making better use of the network. And, and we can talk about both of these. I'd like to talk about network first, in part because I think I could use some clarity on it, and I bet the listeners could too. Talking to enough telcos, I mean, we had, I forget what head of AI at AT&T on five years ago or something crazy like that. And we, we've talked to a variety of folks at Comcast and, and whatnot, but I don't spend most of my time in, in that domain because we, we juggle so much. But I almost imagine all these pipes that are sometimes full, and when one pipe is full, you got to route stuff through another one. It's this plumbing example, and it's a very naive notion of what telco is. But when you say make better use of the network, plumbing is probably too low of an analogy. But how does 5G play any role in, in making better use of that network? How does it, how does it feed efficiency? Here? Yeah, so there are several usage of AI in this 5G world. First of all, one of the challenges with 5G is how I build my 5G network. There is a high density of devices that I need to install in many more places. So using AI to understand, will the signal work perfect in this situation or not? All of those analysis, it can no longer Hmm. be done by a human being. It needs to be done from an AI perspective, from a machine perspective, or getting all of the data points that you need in order to plan your 5G network. Once you have the planning, now we go into, we talk about building, and now we talk about using the network. And that's when we talk about traffic management, how do we reroute, you know. But one of the important points with 5G is that we'll enable to be added to what we call edge computing. So given that we, we will have this network in so many different locations, the high density, you know, many devices, we can now put small data centers at those locations. Those locations, we can capture data. We can capture data. Let's, let's think about our farm. And then we can analyze at the point uh, of where the data is being captured. Yeah. And that is one of, one of the key that I think is going to open up so many opportunities. And you know, some of the simple use cases that we're working on is on safety, surveillance. Think about before pandemic, you know, all of us used to go to a concert show where the many, 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 many people, we, we, may, we may have gone to a stadium with so, so many people there. So the crowd, how do we recognize that there is a bad agent in the crowd, a person that should not, that should yeah, have yeah. not been entered that? You know, it, it's going to be so powerful to do the recognition of the face of the individual when you need it, and immediately take action. So that speed of action by having the combination of communication plus the analysis and the processing and with the AI algorithms uh, right there that you can serve that kind of scenarios. The, the other one that we, we are experimenting already with some of the clients is on manufacturing. So every telco is serving a manufacturing company, either with high bandwidth into their companies so they can do all the processing. We have many, many more devices and sensors in a manufacturing plan. Now those devices can be connected through the 5G network 
and be able to get to you know, more locations in this way to analyze from a different perspective, whether it is capacity, whether it is energy use, you know, there are different, I would say personas will be able to use the data in a different manner. So that will be enabled by 5G communication plus your capacity to acquire that data at the point of where it's being produced, in some cases being analyzed and at the same time serve the different personas that will be looking at that data and taking you know, better action. It's a sort of combination of why 5G and AI are, are so well together. And in fact, almost inseparable, I will say, in order to be valuable because no human being can, ask, yeah, can, process, can process so much data. And the last area that I will mention on how 5G is going to be used, and we're doing day to day with cell towers. So every company has a sustainability, you know, carbon reduction in the next five to 10 years. And, and that is part of the corporate mandate. And it's not, only, it's not only for the corporation, but it's also for the environment and for the good of the society. Yeah. How can reduce the, car, the you know, carbon footprint within the world? With 5G, what we can do and with 5G, and we are doing it already in the towers, we can monitor through our AI tools, monitor the usage of the cell site, monitor the towers, and then based on usage, based on geographic location, based on you know, the demographics, based on the population that is going through, and now turn off the device turn off the cell tower. So now we can make maximum optimization of energy within this environment. So all of these areas, you know, much of that we are doing it today with one of our clients in Asia Pacific, you know, turning off cell towers based on usage. In 5G, we will see all of that now in a much more broader manner yeah. with all of these cell sites that are going to be, you know, throughout cities and throughout, you know, the towns. Got it, got it. Okay, so cool. So we're start, yeah, we're starting to lean a little bit into the future here too, which I'm excited to talk about. I, I've got a couple, we brought up a lot yeah. of points there, and I'm just going to poke into a couple things to explore. Yeah. One of them was around, well, first and foremost, just to try to nutshell what you're saying, and, and I want to make sure the audience get it, and hopefully if I can congeal it, they'll get it too. But from what I'm gathering here, the ability to do so much more, you know, when you talk about turning on or off these towers, etc., it, it feels like all of these capabilities are, are occurring because maybe we're getting more data, we're getting it faster, we're, we're getting it with lower latency, and so maybe we can have more confidence in our decisions. Is it safe to say that that greater pulse of flow at potentially a lower energy expenditure just gives us the information we need to do much, much more of these things? Is, is, that, is that a short way of saying it, or would you say I, it I, a different way? Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes, I would say that. Okay. And we will allow us to be more efficient in a way. Got it. Yeah. Because there's a part of me that's like, okay, is 5G sending a different kind of signal? Or, but, but 5G is not, again, for me, it, it just feels like the meta concept here is lower latency, a lot more devices talking, maybe a lot more devices talking with a lot more depth, but also potentially at a lower energy cost. That just means we can do more. We can, exactly. we can make, we can predict more, we can decide more. Second thing, so I'm glad I, I didn't misunderstand. The big picture. I'm sure 5G at a technical level is vastly more complicated than that, but conceptually yes, it sounds absolutely. like that's it. So uh, thank goodness that's not my job. I don't think I'd be very good at, at that one. But the other side of this is AI at the edge. Lots of possibilities of AI at the edge. We've actually interviewed some other IBM kind of execs and, and leaders about edge capabilities of AI and a lot of other companies around the world. Really exciting area. You know, and, and I think about, you know, 
processing data more more locally, you know, as opposed to, to in some central data warehouse. You know, if I'm a Comcast, I've got data warehouses all over the place. And let's say somebody's on the phone in, uh, you know, the Boston area where I am, maybe that data has to get shipped to, I don't know where the nearest data center is, but maybe it's, I, I don't know Comcast well enough. Maybe it's in New York, maybe it's Western Massachusetts. I don't really know, but it gets, it gets piped over. So I'm on the phone here in Boston. It's getting piped over there. That's where kind of the processing would happen and they can zing it back. It feels like at the speed of light, that's not going to take that long, you know, to, to go there and back. What, what are, what are the core advantages of having those kind of network nodes? I imagine kind of like a smaller, you know, data processing unit or something where we rent a very small amount of space to do a certain amount of processing. What, what would those bring us for benefits? You know, in terms of speed, in terms of capability, why is that important? Good question. It is important because as human being, we can wait. So you talk, I wait. And, and there is a delay in between, that's perfectly okay. Actually, it's part of the conversation. Yep. For devices, you know, you send the signal and the other is not responding. So something is going wrong. So, so when devices are connecting, you need to have much more precision. Oh. So, and, and that precision is going to be allowed, you know, by having the high bandwidth, you know, latency network. Okay. Because the, the devices are connecting, you know, in, in a different manner, in a way that it needs to, that precision needs to happen. So, you know, for a device, it's a one or a zero. Huh. And so, you know, it's, it's not like, oh, I'm going to wait for another 10 minutes and let's, let's see what yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, I was even thinking like a tenth of a second, you know, or, yes, or, or whatever yes. the case may be. But it sounds like but maybe even mil- with that. We are, we are maybe, talking milliseconds. Yeah, point. yeah, exactly. So, yes. so, so with milliseconds to know that this device is talking to this device, we might need you know, that connection to occur right then and there as, as locally as we can make it. Absolutely. And, and that can allow for a faster conversation. You know, we, when I think my, my imagination is kind of drawing a bit of a blank, and, and I, I love one, one example here, and then we'll paint a quick future vision. But um, uh, when devices communicate, I think to myself, okay, when are my devices going to communicate? And I'm like, I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't currently have like a phone thing that unlocks my front door or, or those weird like thing to thing connections. It, it's yes. not. It's not like a part of my regular life. Maybe if I was like, like super interested in tech for its own sake, I'd like have my my microwave hooked up to my my app or so. I don't. I have no idea. But when we talk about devices connecting, what does that mean in the in the context of a telco? Could that just be someone calling another person because those are two devices, or or does it mean this broader thing to thing ecosystem? Like, what are a couple examples of when devices need to connect in this way? Just so I know what you mean. So you mentioned a great world ecosystem it is beyond a usually usual cell phone it is about sensors communicating and actually communicating with each other so i kind of give you a real example that we are doing with at&t actually in some part of the country at&t has sensor that is monitoring bridges ibm is getting all that data and processing that data the based on whether the bridge is it, you know, with, with ice, which can produce an accident, there are defrosters, so you can get the defrosters activated. It's a very simple example on how devices can communicate. So my device is detecting lower temperature in the frost, and then you know I can send the signal later immediately to start defrosting because there is a car coming or a truck coming, which it, it could produce a big accident. I'll give you another example, which is very personal. When I was a teenager, I used to, I came to the U.S. as an exchange student. 
And I lived with a family that had a big farm of avocados in California. Uh. And, and this is very common also in Napa Valley and those areas. Avocados needs to have the right temperature. And it goes, you know, one degree lower and the whole fruit can die in one night. So when I was a teenager, we didn't have 5G, we didn't have AI, we didn't have sensors. So there was somewhere in the farms that there were the sensors that were detecting the frost is coming. And my dad and the whole crew had to wake up and go and, and turn. They had actually heaters uh, in, in certain parts of the farm and they had blowers so they can, they can move the, the, the whoa, hot air. And it, so it, call, it, <laughs> call it precision agriculture 20 years ago yeah, yeah, where, yeah. where none of this technology existed and people had to still do, do their job and still save the crop. That kind of work is already going on, of course, in the, uh, in the wine country, whether it is California or you know, France or Chile, all yeah, of the countries already yeah. have this type of... But these are very simple examples where you see where uh, one sensor detecting something and the other you know, actually needs to act on what is happening. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope that became clear yeah. now. No, it's great. It's great. I, I like the example. I did not know that about avocados. That sounds, that sounds like a very difficult crop to grow. So clearly the possibilities are literally endless. I mean, they're, they're beyond endless. I mean, just the number of triggers that could make a thing happen, the number of sensors that could trigger an action or a notification or the, the permutations are just so wide. But what you're saying is, you know, when that becomes more normal in agriculture, becomes more normal on the roadways, becomes more normal between vehicles, becomes more normal for security systems, that, that ecosystem of communication, it, it feels weird and novel today but it's yeah. just going to become a drumbeat from all these things. And, and, and we're going to have to make sense of it. Yeah, and this is why we talk about standards in open systems, which IBM has been promoting, especially with our Red Hat acquisition, open platforms that the developers don't have to write specific applications. They write to this open platform, so now they can coexist, they can interact with each other, as you, as you well said, ecosystem that interact with each other. So and, and those and, and those need to be open in order to work. So that's why open systems are so important and standards are important in, in this domain also, in order for us to scale this environment. We can always build like one of solution. We can always do science project, but when we want to do it in a massive scale, it, it needs to have those characteristics of open platforms and based also on open standards. Yeah, yeah, and I know that you know similar kind of. Trajectories occurred with things like Wi-Fi, right? You may have like the organizations Absolutely. like the IEEE and bigger technical organizations like like your own that that sort of help contribute to to making a format that we can all kind of work on productively. And yeah, that, that whole that whole standards ecosystem is totally its own thing, and we could obviously go on and on about that. But I, I like that we were at least able to touch a bit here. I, I'm wary of where we are in time. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you. But I think hopefully our listeners have gotten to see what the potential power is of device to device and also what it means to be able to process all of that so much more quickly. We've got some good near-term stuff. We've got some future visions. And my hope, Marissa, is that, you know, 20 years from now, we'll have all that more, all, all that more many healthy avocados. That's Absolutely. That's going to be a great, a great outcome from this trajectory. That and a million other things. So anyway, Marissa, hey, where, where we are in time, thank you so much for being able to join us. I appreciate you as a listener and as an email subscriber. It's, it's such a pleasure that you're part of our community. Thank you now for being a part of our alumni of the podcast. So thanks again. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate it.
So that's all for this episode of the AI and Business Podcast. A big thank you to Marissa for being able to join us. And thank you to you, our listener, for being able to tune in all the way through to the end of this episode. I wanted to do my best to make this relevant to all industries. I think 5G is a broadly applicable technology. I appreciate Marissa unpacking it in sort of a non-technical jargony way. And I am certain that in the next 18 months, 5G and AI are going to come back on the radar on the show at some point as more and more of these use cases start hitting the ground running. If you've enjoyed these podcasts, and I certainly appreciate having you here as a listener, and you're not already on our newsletter, I would encourage you to check it out. It's emerj.com slash n1. That's n like newsletter. And then the number one, emerj.com slash n1. Every week on Tuesday and Thursday, we send out not only all of our latest podcast interviews, but all of our latest articles, infographics, case studies, and more. So if you don't always have half an hour to listen to a podcast, but you do like to get a bite-sized chunk understanding of what is AT&T doing with AI, what is Chevron doing with AI, what are banks doing to adopt AI and see a return on investment faster, we're constantly covering fresh topics that emerge, and they're always getting sent out through the newsletter. Again, it's emerj.com slash n1. Many of our newsletter subscribers started as podcast listeners, and I find that podcast listeners are some of the folks that stick around longest. You guys are awfully engaged super valuable part of our community and i appreciate the heck out of you so again check out the newsletter if you haven't already otherwise keep it locked here i look forward to catching you in the next episode in the ai in business podcast